And do you do weights part of your training program? Yes. I do a lot of gym. Yeah. 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 Um, you can't tell, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, I do, uh, I do do a lot of gym cause I, especially over this period, um, in the off season, just because, yeah, I find that helps a lot. Actually, to be honest, that should be my answer is probably gym. Cool. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Trivelo Coaching, where we help triathletes and cyclists like you train smarter to race faster. I'm your host, Jordan Donnelly, and on my left is former Australian Ironman champion and head coach of Trivelo Coaching, Jared Donnelly. Lucas Hamilton is a 27-year-old Australian cyclist who currently rides for UCI World Tour Team and our Australian pro team, Jaco Alula. Since joining the World Tour Team in 2018, he has already achieved some impressive results, competing in all three major grand tours and placing an impressive 13th in the 2022 Giro. He also finished 4th in Paris-Nice in 2021 and won a stage in Tirreno Adriatico in 2020, proving his talent, not only mixing, mixing it in with, but beating the best riders in the world. In this podcast episode, recorded just before the Tour Down Under and after the Australian Road Nationals race last month in January, we dive deep into the mental strategies and insights of a top athlete. Lucas shares his experience from competing at the highest level, including what it takes to bounce back from setbacks and maintain peak performance. And part of this interview is an exclusive post-race analysis of the Australian Road Nationals race, where Lucas had a very impressive showing, but despite a few obstacles that impacted his results in the day, we get to hear detailed insights about race tactics, about the mental challenges that athletes face mid-race and how they can cope with them. And we really get a behind-the-scenes picture of how Australia's best athletes were tactically competing against each other on the day. And every athlete dreams of winning the national title and wearing the Australian jersey for the year. This is why it was such an incredible opportunity to chat with Lucas Hamilton just after the race. One thing we've really learned on this podcast is that every athlete is different and everyone has different things that work for them. But most importantly, there are multiple ways to perform your best as an athlete. And for example, dad and I, we definitely go about training and racing a little differently. Of course, we do many of the things the same. We hope that by providing interviews like this from professional athletes, you can find things that you like and that suit you and your personality and your nuances and understand the things that you don't like doing and listen to some things that professional athletes might do that don't suit you. And so a big thanks to Lucas for doing this interview right before the Tour Down Under. I was able to fire some questions at him about his personal training and racing preferences, his nutrition and more. So be sure to look out for his continued improvement and his performances on the World world Tour stage this year. I had a great time interviewing him. Dad wasn't on this interview, uh, but with huge ambitions for Team Jayco. Uh, we were really excited to have this and we can't wait to see what the future holds. Lucas, a very big welcome to the episode. Thanks for uh, jumping on. Uh, our first question we normally like to ask everyone is what training session did you do today? You're a couple of days out from uh, the Tour Down Under, so I am keen to see what you actually might have done today if it wasn't a rest day. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, today was just a, we actually had a sponsor ride with a local giant store here in Adelaide. Um, so it was actually a nice little ride. We just cruised an hour and a half down the beach and had a, had a few coffees. Unreal. So, no complaints. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And, then, and then what did you do over the weekend kind of in the lead up? Um, are you having an easy few days, especially at the Nationals last week and it's leading into a, a, a stage tour? Uh, what do you do over the weekend leading in? Uh, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. It changes each time, but uh, like Nationals is on Sunday. You normally have a pretty easy week after. We've spent most of our time reconning the, the stages. Like, you know, most of the rides, roads pretty well by now. Um, but 
yeah, a few changes here and there. So we had a look at the um, pick the harbour stage and had a look at the corkscrew stage, just to sort of um, some of the important days. And then uh, obviously we raced on Saturday night, just around a city circuit. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it was actually, to be honest, pretty solid few days. But um, yeah, put the feet up now until we start start tomorrow. Perfect. Now I do want to touch on the, the nationals and talk about that race and see how it panned out. And you are obviously your specialty is a climber and more of a GC rider. And that was obvious when it was getting into the later stages of the race and you started uh, what I would describe as floating up the hill. Um, you closed down one of the breaks and we could not believe we were actually on the hill watching, but we could not believe how quickly you closed it down. And uh, that shows uh, you know, how good your climbing ability is. Uh, but tell me, how did, how did that race pan out for you? What was your kind of summary and description of the race? Yeah, as always, Nationals is a bit of a it's, – it's an awesome race to watch and it's nearly just as nerve-wracking as racing as it is to uh, to watch. It's um, – yeah, there's a lot of moving parts and you're sort of going to try and keep up with it all. We've obviously got no radio, so you're relying on information off the roadside. And, um, yeah, I think this year was I, – I, I think from a viewer's point of view, it's um, – it was a good race to watch. It was unreal. Uh, and it sort of felt like that a little bit in the race. It uh, always felt a little bit um, like unexpected what was going to happen. Sometimes groups stay away. Sometimes groups don't. You sort of rely on how people's legs are out the road. Um, myself, personally, I had I, I had probably um, one of the better days I've had on the bike. Like I felt really good. Um which sort of cost me a bit in the end because I end up moving probably a little bit too early, five, six laps to go. It's, I started to probably do a little bit too much, which in hindsight would have been maybe okay, but I obviously had that crash, um, which I probably did more damage to my ego than, uh, mm-hmm. than body parts just uphill. But that sort of cost me a bit with the – and it actually sort of, in a way, not, not to put it all down to me, um, not, not that my presence changed anything, but more – the crash actually changed a few things in the bike race. It meant we lost Callum. He was actually on a really good day because he had to yep. give his bike to me. Yeah, which he was. Uh, so Caleb, like, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, he's a great teammate. Um, so we lost him, uh, and he was going really well and had put in some big moves before that. Um, we had obviously Caleb was getting dagged at the time and sort of got back on because of it. Um, the two groups split into two. It was quite a fast lap, and then it sort of to sort of change the dynamic of the race. And then it meant that when I got back on, I would, I was, I'd done like two or three pretty big laps already. And sort of that lap chasing back on, I sort of was in a little, starting to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of trouble. Could start to feel it. Um, which yeah, not to, not to blame the crash at all, but it just, it did change a fair few things. Um, and then in the end there, I think the strongest boys were up the front and racing and uh, yeah, it's always, it's always hard, especially someone, for bling, it's it's hard in those situations because no one wants to sprint against you, um, and yeah, he's always going to get bombarded with attacks, and it's sort of the pressures on him or the you know responsibilities on him to make sure no one slips away. So yeah, it was obviously disappointing for us because I think we had the team and the, the riders to pull off the win, but um, full credit to full credit to. Uh, Flappy, he rode for me one of a really smart bike race, and he obviously had the legs, and and he uh, and he bluffed his way through it a bit in terms of I'm sure he won't mind me saying that, but he, he sort of made it look like he was probably hurting more than he was, um, and yeah, he 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 put on a yeah a classy ride in my opinion. Heaps to unpack here. Um, 
I'll start with Plappy. Do you guys talk to each other after and do you find out how much he was bluffing? Uh, was he really sitting at the back because um, he was bluffing or was he just hurting a little bit and just trying to get through a majority of the race and trying to come good in the end? Um, no, I haven't. I actually haven't spoken to him, but uh, yeah, whether he's bluffing or not, um, I'm not sure whether that's confirmed or not, but I, I would have a feeling that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, pretty unlikely that he, he was feeling shit house and then I oh, could have well, feeling bad and then coming back. But yeah. if he did, then, um, yeah, maybe, maybe he was, uh, not bluffing, but, uh, yeah, I think he just did. And it's always tough for those guys in those world tour teams that are against us that they're, they're by themselves and they can quite easily get frustrated and with the race because, it, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of the time nationals feels out of your control. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, in my opinion, like I said, I think he just wrote it so smart and whether he was bluffing or whether he wasn't, he, he, uh, yeah, he timed it to perfection and he sort of, uh, yeah, was able to, to pull it off, which is in hit from in his position by himself, not to pump him up too much, but he's, uh, it's, it's hard to do. So yeah, yeah it was a good ride. In fact, all those boys did a pretty good ride. Like, uh, for me, one of the strongest on the day was probably probably Ben O'Connor. He yep. he did a lot of work, um, and he yeah, sort of just took it on his shoulders a bit. Yeah, and he, he blitzed that what was it, that second last lap, which was the fastest of the day, and that was just all him on the front, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did um, yeah, he did some pretty impressive pulls, and he was <laughs> uh, yeah, so he was moving all right. And with the with these races, there's no team radios for those that don't know. And so you're relying a lot on what you're seeing around you and I guess talking to people. Are people talking about specific riders? Are you talking to your teammates um, about what's going on? Like are people mentioning that Plaps at the back or is it just you kind of see it but not everyone sees it? Um, Same with Caleb yeah, as well. Like, Caleb yeah, drop. exactly. I think, I think yeah, any of those – any of those guys we're mindful of. I think obviously we're all back here in Australia training over the summer. We know what local guys from each state are sort of going well. Like obviously I've done a bit of training with Jimmy Whelan and I knew that he was, he was moving really well. Um, and then you obviously have the world tour guys who we're all very aware of and we know well and whether you're not really sure how well they're going, but if they're there deep in the race, you know, nationals is an easy circuit to get around. So if they're there deep in the race, you know that they've put in um, enough work to be pretty good. So um, yeah, we, we discussed a bit. Um, I sort of said I had a feeling and I sort of mentioned it that, yeah, uh, I, I, Plappy, I could see Plappy lining that he was, he was going to definitely move at some point. Um, he was sitting in the back. He's sort of like, he looked sad, looked pretty comfortable. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I'm pretty sure that he was going to do something, whether it was on the climb or not. Um, and like you sort of talk about that sort of stuff and, and when it's down to a group of that much, you know, you sort of got to pick a few guys that you're going to watch and yep. you can't, we can't watch everyone and, yep. you know, guys like that, you definitely, you have to, um, be mindful, um, mindful of, so you sort of communicate that. Yeah. Yeah. And what actually happened in your, in your crash? It wasn't very really clear on TV. It was kind of slightly missed, but what? Uh, I was just, I was out of the saddle and I was, I was overlapping the wheel, which you sort of do anyway on clients. Um, and then Jimmy Whelan just sort of swung out and then he like, I touched it and then he sort of swung out again. It was just, it was no one's fault. It was mm. literally just like a, one of those awkward crashes where I just had to had a little yeah. get down and yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, it was just silly. No one's, yeah. no one's real fault. It just, sure. just happened. Um, but the problem was, was that somehow, I don't know, but like I completely, um, I broke one of the spokes and went into my derailleur. So I sort of like the bike was unrideable, yeah, exactly. which was, un- which was unfortunate because if it was rideable, it would have, you know, I would have been able to just jump back on and, 
Um, but that was sort of what held it up. I sort of rode Callum's bike, nearly got back on, then did yeah. the bike swap yeah. and then like didn't get on to, you know, through the finish there. So, yeah. um, it was more the, yeah, the chase back on it and the hurt. bike breaking that, uh, hurt me. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And what's, what's your mindset after that? You obviously try not to panic. You're on a different bike. You're trying to figure out when a bike swap could happen. What are you saying to yourself? Yeah. To be honest, I think I was okay. You know, I stayed pretty calm. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to just make sure in those moments, I think on a hot day that it was on Sunday, you got to keep drinking, keep eating. Cause it's, it's easy to get caught up in the moment. We still, I think had three laps to go or something. So for me, it was just about, you know, keep fueling and sort of get back on. Yep. Um, I didn't really have much concern that I wouldn't get back on cause you know, the style of racing at nationals, it's very stop start. I had a little bit of concern that I'd get back on and the race would be, you know, a few guys would have gone and it yep. would have been like, you know, sort of come from behind a little bit, but, yep. um, but I was, yeah, I was, I was pretty calm. Um, but when I got back on, I was hoping that, you know, we'd have a couple of easy laps on the climb. Like, Oh, if, if it had gone down the lap, I got back could have been a different story, but, uh, yeah, it was in the end, it I was, it was okay. Like I actually felt all right, but, um, it definitely st- stung me a bit. Yeah. And quick thinking, I think you grabbed one or two bottles and, and your, um, head unit. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Got my Garmin around. Yeah. 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 That's solid. Uh, and that's obviously your first thought. Bike's done. Grab these. Make sure you got your, your water and your head unit, and then you can get on your bike. Yeah. Bottles is normally first. Head yeah. unit probably didn't need to worry about too much, but uh, yeah, sort of just natural reaction. But yeah. Yeah. Um, At that stage of racing, I forget it's not, you're not really looking down. It's just, nah, just, for nat- Yeah. Exactly. For nationals, you don't really like the circuit racing. You don't really need it. You know how many laps is left. Like obviously if it's 0.8 A to B, it's uh, something you need, but in yeah. circuit racing, it's yeah, it's pretty self-explanatory. And you're not looking down at your power, just curious to how you're going compared to how you're feeling. Is that not as important to you? Uh, no, not really. Not too worried. If I was out there by myself, I would probably be looking down a lot more. Um, but when you're in the bunch, no, nah, no, nah, not really. Like I every now and then have a little look at like lap times and that just to see, you know, like if you're like, oh, that was a pretty hard lap, look down like and you see it's actually, yeah, we've gone pretty fast because um, I've raced that circuit since I was, you know, yeah. under 23. So I know it very well. I know what's yeah. a hard lap and what's a, what's a slow and what's a fast lap. So, um, but apart from that, not much. Um, you're looking at the lap signs. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Last couple of questions on the race. I don't want to dwell on the negative, but, uh, what do you, I mean, what's your, what's your analysis for yourself? You obviously were feeling really good. Uh, You looked really good. Like I said, you seem like you were floating up the hills. Um, personally, um, how do you reassess that? You just take some confidence going, I was in form and just, you know, that kind of stunned me a bit. Uh, yeah, to be honest, I think uh, first thing is like, it's obviously you work hard over the summer. Um, and you sort of, want to rock up and have good legs. And so that was the positive. Like I, I did have good legs. Um, the form was in a place, in a good place. Um, the negative is, I guess, I, I, in my opinion, I wrote a little bit silly. I wrote a little bit too eager. Um, and yeah, sort of easy got caught up in it a bit and sort of started to go a little bit early. Um, and then, yeah, I think there was a couple of things on the last lap that I did. Um, like obviously I really wanted to be there in that group with, with Michael at the front there, that four or five guys. And, yep. um, I did a turn on the climb before Platt went, um, to bring back that group of three. Um, and I pulled yep. like on the flat bit, fast bit and sort of, um, the first like minute and a half of the second part of the climb. Yep. And, and that late in the race, it sort of, you know, I sort of went probably 
I was trying to bring back that group of three, but realistically they were always coming back. They were just sitting there and I brought them back and then the attacks happened. Yep. In hindsight, I shouldn't have done that turn. I should have just sit because it's one of those climbs where if you're in the wheels for that bit, you can really get um, good recovery and then you just you're ready for the attacks to go over the top. Because yep. once we got over the top, I was I was I was good again. But you know, when they they initially attacked, it was like I'd sort of done the end of my effort. Um, and that that was to be honest, just one thing that I, yeah, like in hindsight's a wonderful thing. But yeah, yeah, if I could have my time again, I probably would have because you know, obviously if there's myself and Michael there. Mm. It changes the whole dynamic of that. Um, or just two guys from the same team in that exactly. front group change the whole dynamic. Um, so, yeah, I think that was that was a bit disappointing. Um, but, you know, live and learn. In, uh, either at the time, are you sort of thinking, I want to pull this back? Are you, are you sort of sacrificing yourself a little bit for Michael? Um, is that what you're thinking? Or you just uh, – or any one of you guys there? Uh, that was going to Yeah, happen? I think at, at that point – hundred percent. It's all in for, for Michael. Um, and that was my thoughts. And I sort of was trying to get the group, um, back that was, that I was in. There's maybe, I can't remember how many it was. It was maybe six, yeah. seven of us in the second group. Um, and I was pretty eager to get back because even with a larger group, I'd still back him in to win, yep. um, in a, in a gallop. Uh, and I knew that if I was there, I still had a good enough legs to make sure that, you know, nothing went, yep. um, right up until, you know, yeah. You don't know what could happen. Like maybe, you know, I, I wouldn't have been able to, but you know, it would have been good to be able to, as long as a Caleb or someone wasn't there in that group with me, I was, I was pretty happy to, you know, get back on. And, um, and that's, and that's sort of the, the thing with nationals is there's no radio. So, mm, you know, know, he, he doesn't know that up the road that, you know, um, the group behind potentially doesn't have Caleb or who it has and, you know, the numbers and whatnot. And that I'm the, he doesn't even know that I'm there really. Mm. Um, so yeah, it was sort of that was one thing that I think I was I was keen to get that group back, but yep. uh, it, was, it was sort of out of your control yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. Lastly, uh, what was the team assessment? Um, what I mean, Matthews. Yeah, what the what, what was his assessment? He would have been disappointed to be right there and then uh, not get it. But how do you guys assess that as a team? Yeah, I think we're obviously disappointed because. We didn't win. Um, we're an Australian team. Like, you know, we, we love being out. Like every year that I've been a part of that race and we've won, it's, you know, one of the best wins you can have for the year. Um, but I think from a team's point of view, heading into the rest of the races this summer, like we're obviously really confident with everyone's form and how everyone's going. And, yeah. um, and, and, especially on top of that is, is bling is he's, he's going super well. Yeah. Um, he's, he's flying and he was one of the definitely one of the strongest at nationals. And yeah. he, uh, you know, he only got off the plane on Wednesday or Thursday, I think from yeah. Europe. Um, and Sunday was a red hot day, yeah. 16 laps. Like yeah. it was for him to do that, to go that deep yeah. into the race, um, is pretty impressive. So I think looking forward, we were like pretty happy with where everyone's at, but, yeah. um, yeah, obviously, uh, I, I, and I feel for Bling because, you know, he's this type of rider um, that, you know, can really do well on that circuit. So, yeah, yeah. we're disappointed, but, yeah. yeah, move on a little bit. Definitely. And you Look got ahead. Um, yeah, exactly. you got a full full tour now to get some stage wins and, and kick the year off, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. All right. We are, we'll move on from nationals. Uh, again, I didn't want to dwell on negative, even though yeah, you'd rather win, but uh, that's unbelievable insight. Yeah. Nice. It's just, it's, yeah, it's so cool to hear exactly yeah. what's going through everyone's head in those key moments. It was an epic race. It was one of the best races for a while. And um, as, as uh, people watching, uh, we were just, 
stoked with the depth. I think that's one of the coolest parts is, you know, the guys at the end, the, the talent that you're all at, um, you know, I think there was, I can't remember exactly, maybe 10 or 12, um, 12 of you who've ridden a grand tour in the last year, which is just so cool um, at the top. And then multiple stage winners, obviously in the race. It's, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's um, yeah. To be honest, it's pretty exciting period for Australian cycling. I think yeah. there is a lot of guys and there's a lot of world tour Australian riders now. Mm. And there's a lot of guys who are, you know, at the top, top, uh, top of the peloton. And yeah, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's, this year we only had our second ever wet grand tour. I mean, last year, second ever grand tour winner from Australia. Mm. Um, and he's 26. So exactly. like, it's, it's yeah. pretty, uh, pretty exciting times I think yeah. for uh, Australian cycling in general. And, you know, obviously you've got the domestic guys who race, you know, locally and the NRS and that, um, that are classy as, and yeah. they're, they're putting themselves in the mix every year at national. So, yeah. um, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, pretty, uh, hard race for, for, um, you know, the first, uh, first race of the year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. There was a lot of the, uh, the more local guys, uh, not in world tour, um, teams absolutely taking it to the race, which was so good to see. Um, we yeah, wanted- it is. It is. Yeah, we want to get into some rapid fire questions. Uh, we really love getting insight into you know what the pros are actually doing, just some behind the scenes around nutrition and training and some of the extras. So we're going to hit you with some rapid fire ones, and you just give us um, kind of your best answers for um, some of these questions. So we want to start on nutrition front. This is something that a lot of people are interested in, especially with endurance sports. Um, so tell us, what do you eat pre-training normally? And let's let's go for like a hard day. Uh, you got a hard session. What do you what's your go to pre-training meal? Pre-training meal, I'll go to normally um, ranges. Depends where I am in the world um, and what season it is. Yeah, we'll go normally a uh, porridge, maybe a bit of muesli on top of the porridge, yeah. a bit of peanut butter, a bit of honey, yeah. sort of some berries, um, and then an omelet on some bread. Um, a couple of pieces of toast and an omelet. Yeah. We'll normally tick the box. Um, that, that'd be for a pretty hard day. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, a couple of coffees, of course, just yeah. to wake up for sure. And then post training, what are you having that first half hour to hour straight after a hard session? Um, yeah, I guess we get, we have like, you want to have quite high jars. So we get into some lollies, some Haribos, um, soft drink of some sort. Um, and then obviously like a protein shake or protein bar, whatever sort of on offer. Um, this is at races normally at home. You sort of, you, if you have the protein powder there and stuff, I try not to have too much of it when I'm at home. Um, but yeah, I sort of will get into like some lollies, lollies and water and, um, some like some yogurts. And then, uh, obviously you have your lunch meal, which is normally pasta, rice or, or, uh, depends how, how big the day was, but, or just a sandwich or something. Yeah. It's never that complicated, is it? We ask a lot of athletes this, but it's always pretty much the same answer. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, it's, um, it's pretty basic eating when it comes (laughs) down to it. Um, like I think you definitely try and, you know, you, you cautious of the fact that it's the same thing over and over again from year round. So you sort of want to try and make sure you're, um, mixing it up every now and then and, you know, putting a bit of effort into, you know, making some different stuff and whatnot. But at the end of the day, you can only eat so much. And if you've got big day after big day, you sort of have to make sure you're fueled up. So you don't want to waste too much room with stuff that's um, not going to give you the fuel you need. Absolutely. And pre-race, it's the same sort of thing as pre-training, pretty similar meal? Pretty similar, yeah, to be honest. Um, you want to keep it like somewhat similar. But like it's, it's obviously in very specific parts of the year. And, you know, you have parts where 
you sort of just like, you know, sometimes after races, the first thing you feel like is a salad. Yeah. Like, Cause you're yeah. just like, you just, you haven't gone and eaten something that's like, you know, quite light and refreshing um, for a while. So it's sort of like, you know, you're not doing it day in, day out every day for the whole year. You sort of have, you know, a couple of weeks where that's your nutrition and you sort of um, do that. And then you obviously have your periods where you're just, yeah, trying to uh, get away from all the stuff you eat and all the time. Yeah. So give us that answer then. What's, what's your favorite kind of guilty food um, if you really want to indulge in something? Uh, I've got a massive sweet tooth. So always some sort of chocolate or, um, yeah, pretty much chocolate or, and then, you know, if you can get, um, to be honest, like if I, it's, it's not, a, it's not a guilty food cause I actually, I would eat it anyway if I was, <laughs> if I was, uh, training, but like I'd go out for a nice sushi meal. Yeah. Always. Like it's, it's, it's quality stuff that. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's probably my go-to a little bit, but chocolate for sure. Yeah, sushi's probably gonna need a block of chocolate pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, sushi is sushi. That's what I mean. It's not a guilty food at all. Yeah, yeah. It's not really an answer for that question because it's yeah. uh, it actually is pretty good for you. In fact, it's probably better for you. Yeah. To be honest, it's it's a funny question to ask athletes because uh, most athletes train so much that there's no such thing as guilty food anyway because you probably can't get enough calories in. You know, it's about making sure you're getting more calories. So. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Um, cycling is one of those sports where you can burn a lot, so yeah. you sort of you get a lot of lot of uh. Got a fuel to put in. For sure. Um, last one on the nutrition. Uh, what kind of diet changes, if any, have made the biggest impact on weight if you're aiming for a waist weight or performance? I guess for me, I've been um, like, I've obviously coming up through under 23s and that, like, you know, you have big, you've grown up eating spaghetti bolognese and, you know, as carbs and that as much as possible before races. I think for me, is one thing that's definitely changed a lot over the last three years, two years is the fueling on the bike. Um, how much you're getting in per hour carbs wise, how many gels you're having drinks have changed where you can get a lot more in from just one drink. Um, and that for sure has made just, just actually like, you know, when you calculate it and stuff and what you need and what you, what you thought you were doing, right. is actually, you know, not that, um, a fair way off is what you actually meant to be doing. And I think that's definitely been a massive change, not necessarily just for myself, but in the sport, yeah. um, people, you know, feeling a lot more on the bike. For you specifically, do you have a set, you know, grams of carbs you're generally aiming for an hour per, per race? Um, around a hundred, if it's a hard day around a hundred, which is, which is a lot, but then obviously like you for like a grand tour, you can't maintain that for three weeks. Well, I can't maybe, yeah. Maybe some guys can. Um, so I sort of, you know, on easy days will, you know, take that down a lot um, and sort of focus on more having like real food rather than gels and bars um, when I don't have to. Because on the big days, you, yeah, you rely pretty heavy on the gels and bars of the world and the sort of drinks. Um, so, yeah, it's, and yeah, sort of just try and yeah. uh, avoid them when you can um, for just more, uh, yeah, sort of, was it diverse foods? Yep. Diverse. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess it's more a case of the intense days. Uh, it's what's easier to get get in, right? When it's too intense, you actually just can't eat that much, like food, solid food. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And like it's sort of nationals is a sort of perfect example of that. Mm. It's raced from you know sort of start to finish most of the time, and yep. you sort of uh, or big mountain days or whatever, and you don't really get much time to uh, you know actually take food on and sort of you know eat a big big uh, rice cake or something like that. Um, so you sort of, yeah, you rely really heavily on just drinks and, and gels and, 
and you know some bars, but even bars sometimes can be a bit difficult. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and then like if you add an element in where it's like super cold or something like that, then like you know you're trying to get in your pockets and you're wearing like three different jackets and you. So yeah, it sort of um, it makes things a lot easier when you got those things close by. For sure. Uh, leading into some training questions, uh, the, the biggest message all athletes, pro athletes will say is consistency is key. Um, but is yeah. there a specific type of training session or training mode that you think has made the biggest impact for you and in, in your improvement? I think for me, like I respond quite well to like a lot of, um, you know, low intensity, but like pretty big volume and stuff. Um, and then I sort of, yeah, sort of the intensity seems to come, a little bit quicker, which I think is for like a lot of people. Um, so I don't think that's any different, but I think for me, the biggest training difference has just been actually, you know, living in a place like, um, Andorra overseas, which with just living on mountains, you sort of mm-hmm. get used to climbing longer distances and sort of whatnot. And you sort of to get homes an hour climbs, so you sort of, um, yeah, it's a hard way home, but like, yeah. but also in saying that every time I go back to Ararat, um, it's, it's, it's pretty hard roads. So it's sort yeah. of, uh, I get, so that, to be honest, that's sort of location for me can change a lot. Um, but yeah, training wise, I sort of, um, I do, do the likes and like low volume, uh, low intensity, high volume yeah. weeks, um, especially early in the year. Yeah. Obviously you don't do that much later in the year, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Maybe that was a key to your junior success that our at roads. <laughs> I think, I think definitely, I think, uh, yeah. Every time I go back there for the, for the summer and that I'd sort of, it's funny. Like I'd just like, Oh, no wonder I used to go right as a junior. <laughs> yeah. Cause these, they're tough roads. Yeah. Um, and slow. So yeah, no, definitely. That's uh, definitely helped for sure. All right. And do you do weights part of your training program? Yes. Yeah, so I do a lot of gym. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, you can't tell, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, I do, uh, I do do a lot of gym cause I, especially over this period, um, in the off season, just because yeah, I find that helps a lot. Actually, to be honest, that should be my answer is probably gym. Cool. Um, because I reckon that's, uh, yeah, something that really, really helps me. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's the same for everyone, but I think just for me, I feel a lot, a lot better on the bike if I'm working quite hard, yep. uh, in the gym, that's not necessarily lifting weights or anything. It's more, you know, just sort of the core and mobility stuff of the world. For sure. Yep. Is that all year round and maybe just taking some breaks when there's a, some key races, especially a grand tour, but yeah, it's pretty hard to, to keep going year round. Mm-hmm. Um, if obviously if I can get a good base in this time of year, so this time of year, it's like I do a lot, um, just to try and create a good base and I'd, I'd like to keep it year round, but it's, it's not, it's not realistic with just the traveling and the, and the racing. And then as soon as you start getting tired, you'd, you know, a lot of the time you, it's hard to find time for it because, you know, your key training days become key training days yeah, and your sort exactly. of other days become easy. But yeah, I always try and keep it somewhat going throughout the year, but um, it definitely lessens off during the season. For sure. Now, not everyone likes it, but do you like riding Swift? Uh, good question. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I don't do it much anymore, but uh, if I was going to jump on the ergo, I'd probably jump on Swift. Yeah. Yep. I, uh, I like the competitive side of it. I like doing the races and and whatnot. Um, I'm just sure the same as everyone enjoyed it during lockdown. So yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, I do. Don't not against it. Yeah. Cool. And power, uh, not everyone likes looking at it heaps. Do you like riding to power and seeing it as you're going? Um, training? Yes. 
Yeah, I think um, I do like like I'm pretty uh, yeah training definitely races. I don't use it very much at all, mm-hmm. um, but like yeah, I think obviously in situ- certain situations in races you'd, you'd use it. But uh, yeah, in races I don't like I still use it, still have it there on the screen. Like it's not like I have it off the screen. It's yeah. just uh, yeah, normally going too hard to focus on it and just focus on the wheel ahead of you. But uh, yeah, I'm sure if you're off the front and um, ripping it up then maybe watching it too much but yeah i'm not in that position too much so i sort of uh, <laughs> don't get much time to look at it yeah fair yeah and some extra questions just around yeah you as an athlete uh, as a professional is there anything weird that you do um or that you know any any of your teammates do that have no impact on performance but you still do it anyway as part of your training or racing yeah i thought about this and i was trying to think of something i don't really have anything that i can think of that i do um yeah not not really i'm trying i'm trying to think of i was trying to think of someone that i know that does something but um myself i'm trying to think of like an old habit um anything mentally you do that i used to do like pre-race like a ritual or superstition if not then that's fine I um well my mum sends me a message before the start of every race i do yeah, so yeah. that's i guess that's a tradition every race no matter when it is what it is um, it's always around an hour or two before the race. So that's, that's, that's something that, uh, happens. That's been happening every day of race since, you know, since I was under 23. So that's amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah. That's uh, pretty, she's, she's back in Oz most of the time. So yeah. she's, uh, yeah, up and shoots a message off. So she hasn't missed a beat yet. That's a great answer. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. what's your favorite recovery strategy or, or gadget that you have this time of year, middle of summer, ice bass, if I can, um, Always big fan of ice bars. Um, sort of. What else do I use? We got. We have the like the recovery boots, which are pretty good. Yep. Um, and then yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, to be honest, just R and R is always a a good recovery tool. Just uh, not doing much. Definitely. And I did say, yeah, these are some of the weird questions, but we're always just trying to find anything that uh, a pro athlete's doing that's a little bit different. Is, is different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's always important too to make sure that you're switching off a little bit. And sure. uh, yeah, that's that's always good for recovery. Yeah, for sure. Is there in racing, you know, conserving energy as much as possible, being in the race, but doing it in a way that conserves energy as much as possible is basically the name of the game. So what tactics do you use to try and conserve in a race when it's just hell for leather at, at your level? Staying in the wheels. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I think um, one thing that like, it really depends on what race it is and, and what you're doing. Like I'll use Nashville as an example, tenfold is it's circuit racing and you're, <laughs> you know where things normally move so normally go and you also got the climb and whatnot. And then, you know, you have those other moments you, you got to really try and utilize to, to recover. Yeah. Um, Cause if you start wasting energy on the parts of the circuit that aren't really useful to, you know, getting away or, or shutting stuff down, then you're sort of uh, wasting a lot of energy. So that's like circuit racing is great for that. You sort of can, uh, Pick your um, yeah. And then, you know, you try and, I think for myself, like you always want to try and, you know, steer clear of the front as much as possible, but you know, that's not a, that's not always a reality. And you obviously can steer too far away and sort of get caught out and um, get caught behind a split or something. So it's a fine balance of, you know, being close enough to the front, but not too close. Yeah, for sure. How would you apply that to, to a, um, a stage race or a road race? Um, 
yeah, again, in a tour example, it's a different stage every day. You're not going to know every single section down to the T. Um, are you relying on the your, your directors to explain to you the sections where you need to be recovering? Is that part of your tactics or you just feel it as you go? Bit of both. Bit of both. Um, you obviously you want to do a bit of research yourself um, and sort of, uh, yeah, you got that. And then you obviously got the radios in your in your head that sort of can give you information and tell you, um, yeah, what's coming up, what's not coming up. And, you know, that adds stress too, because everyone's probably hearing the same stuff most of the time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's also your responsibility as a writer, I guess, to do, we've got a lot of, uh, tools now, nowadays to do a lot of research on what's, what the stages involve and what's coming up. Yeah, for sure. All right, mate, last question. Uh, we do want to know, and you've been mixing it with some of these guys a lot as you've been getting uh, better and better on the world tour circuit, but the guys at the very top, the, you know, the, the Vanderpols, the um, Vanguard, who obviously won the tour, um, even Jai, who won uh, uh, Tour of Italy, the Giro. Um, what makes the guys at the very top uh, the peak of their game? Is there anything you notice when you're out there that, that you go, what makes them different? No, I don't, I don't think so. Like, I think, um, you know, there's obviously an element of there. like some of these guys are freaks, um, and they're, and they're, you know, they, they obviously work. It's a mixture of being freaks and working super hard and it sort of all comes together and they can do the things they do. Um, I think, yeah, they just, uh, pretty committed to their sport and they're pretty committed to being the best at it. Um, and yeah, I think, I'd love to give you, you know, a wise answer, but to be honest, I think they're just, uh, yeah, pretty good at what they do and they, and they work hard at it. That's a perfect answer. And that's honestly, we expect that most of the time. It's still good to hear that there's, there's nothing crazy going on. It's just, um, yeah, they just, they just work hard. And from your perspective, you know, I want to make the point that you must be getting a lot of confidence that, yeah, you're really mixing it with them more and more frequently. Um, and then when guys like Jai and Ben, um, are doing so well at that level and, you know, been getting fourth at the tour. Um, and yeah, you, you would see yourself as, as the same ability and therefore, um, that must give you a lot of confidence in what you can achieve in the future. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think I'd love to, um, perform at that level that those boys have, you know, really sort of, uh, coming into their own now and then, you know, being there actually at the Giro this year when Jai won and stuff, it was, it was pretty incredible to be a part of, um, just to be there. Obviously I've grown up with him racing him since we were under 15. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, I'd like to think it gives me a bit of confidence that, you know, I know that I can, um, potentially, you know, be up there with the top guys at, at some, some stage, but, uh, yeah, just keep uh, chipping away at it and we, yeah. we see how it goes. And then lastly, what's your, what's your plans for this year? Goals for this year, have another crack at one of the main tours or, or a couple potentially. Uh, yeah, I'll, uh, play it by ear a bit. I think, uh, obviously we've got some big goals this week. I know this is the, yeah. um, media answer, but yeah, got some big goals this week. So, um, start there and then sort of mm-hmm. look forward to, obviously I'd like to head back to races like Paris and that and, and do well. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think for us, you know, we'd love to win a grand tour. So I think, being a part of that would be, would be great. Um, and yeah, I think, uh, hopefully we can start it off well with the next couple of weeks here in Oz. Mate, great answers. We uh, can't wait to see what happens over the next couple of weeks and then yeah, keep seeing your progress over the year and, and all the Jayco boys. So thank you very much for joining us. You've been real generous in your insight into pro life. And thanks for that uh, discussion at the start about the nationals race. That's actually such good post-race analysis and that's uh, the type of stuff our audience loves. So thank you very much for coming on. No worries. Thanks for having me. Cheers.